For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We find in the scriptures that, that one of the many different areas of work or labor that God ordains, endorses, is, is one that may be, uh, not, may be a, a, a kind of labor that not everybody thinks of, and it's, and it's laboring in the Word. It's laboring in the Word. And he's referring to the effort and the focus and the time set aside to dig into the Scriptures and to allow the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God to plant things deep inside of you, to engraft things into you, to build uh, faith and um, spiritual things, reinforcements in, inside of you. And we've been laboring together uh, around some key verses, and we've been building some things together. Amen. Um, it's, it's like if you've got a project going on at your house uh, that maybe you just have a chance to work on on the weekends or something like that, and you, know, so you come back to it, and there's more sheetrocking to do. And then next weekend, there's more sheetrocking to do. In other words, sometimes it takes us a while to, to, to finish you know, a, a physical, natural project. And the same is true laboring in the Word. Because one of the things that, that I feel like the Lord, I don't feel like, I know, I'm 100% convinced that the Lord has put me on this earth to do, is to help people connect things together with other things in the Word of God so that we see the bigger picture. Uh, if you think of different Bible verses as pieces to a puzzle, and then the joining of those different pieces together as painting a more complete picture so that we can see the big picture or see the entire picture, then that's what we do uh, here together. And so we do that more teaching than preaching, but we, we do both, amen, as, as we work towards that common end. And so I pray that you never get tired of us going back to the same subject over and over again. Uh, I know sometimes with a project, it's like, okay, man, I'm, I, am, I am so tired of scraping floors. I think I'll go do something else for a little while. And that's called Wednesday nights, amen. Uh, where we shift over to another project. Amen. Uh, I got a kick out of that, but nobody else did. That's okay. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, enough of all that. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, we said a different way of looking at this is we walk by seeing things as they truly are, because that's what faith is, among other things. It's the ability to see things as they truly are, not by the way things appear to be. And so many people on this earth, an overwhelming majority of people on this earth, are living their lives based upon, in response to, the way things appear to be. But that's not how we live, amen? We, we live our lives uh, seeing things as they truly are. We've said that Satan can easily manipulate the way things appear to be, and if you live your life based upon the way things appear to be, he can easily manipulate you. Now, another verse in our current... Uh, laboring in the scriptures that we've looked at a few times is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. Here we see, it says, it says this, while we do not look to the things which are seen, but look to the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So the first thing we've said about this passage is it's speaking of a deliberate and intentional action on our part. You don't accidentally make this significant shift. In other words, it's something that you have to set your heart and mind 
to do. You say, I'm, I'm not going to look at or focus on or look to this any, any longer. I'm going to deliberately, intentionally look to and focus on this. Now, I've been giving you some little homework assignments, and, and um, I hope that you've been putting those into practice. And if you have been, perhaps you're finding out that this requires a little more effort than maybe you initially thought. It's, it's one of these things that's easily taught and easily understood and easily received, but the application of it can be more challenging because the enemy is going to bring something called resistance against you when you begin to apply these things because the difference, according to Jesus, is in the doing. He said it's not just hearing these sayings of mine, but it's hearing these sayings of mine and doing them is what will cause you to be like the man who dug deep laid the great foundation, and built his house upon the rock. Okay? And so when the uh, storms came, the winds blew, the, the rains fell, the floods rose, uh, that man, that particular life, was not shaken, was not moved. So the difference is in the doing, not just in the hearing, not just even in the understanding. It's important that we understand. As we've, as we've been looking at this significant shift of, of our eyes being open to see things as they truly are, Remember, faith requires a singular focus, and then we've expanded upon that. Faith requires a singular focus on the way things truly are, but faith without works is dead. So as we continue to build that part of our understanding uh, related to the Scriptures, is that we see faith then requires a singular focus and then also a response to the way things truly are. And we've said that a lot of people, especially folks in, in word of faith circles, people that believe in the infallibility of God's word, believe that every promise in the book is for us today, so many times we have our eyes opened to God's will to prosper us. We have our eyes open to Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon uh, you and me. We have our eyes open to, and we see it in Scripture and embrace it and believe it, by His stripes you were healed. Okay? And that's wonderful, that's part of the process, but if the process stops there, we're not going to experience the results, amen, that the Word of God was meant to produce in our lives. So seeing it and looking to the way things truly are, wonderful first step, but then comes the part of now we're going to respond based upon what we see differently, amen. And I've told you over and over again for 20 plus years now, all right, 99 times out of 100, our first response to anything is what we say out of our mouths. What we say out of our mouths. What shall we say to these things? So the first line of response, 99 times out of 100, is going to be something that we say. All right. So saying, speaking, is then one of your most important actions. Amen. What you say. And, and notice now, the enemy in religious circles, he fights this doctrine, and people make fun of it, and blab it and grab it, and name it and claim it, and oh, you're one of those, and all these other things. Well, Jesus was one of those. I mean, if you're going to start, you know, looking down your nose at somebody, put Jesus at the head of the line, because he's the one that, that revealed all this to us throughout the Word of God. So a deliberate, intentional action, your eyes being open. So now we're not going to look at the facts, we're going to look at the truth. We're not going to look to things that are visible and temporary, but we're going to look to things that are visible and eternal. And what we know is visible and temporary is also what we would call facts. 
versus we're going to look to the things that are invisible and eternal, and what we know about that is it's the truth. And I put a capital T there because Jesus identified himself as the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? So we know that the devil is a liar, but he doesn't just use lies. He uses facts. Brother Donald said something to me last week. He said, you know, the, the devil will prefer the fact over the fiction. I love the play on the words there. In, in other words, if he's got facts available to use, he knows that we will more readily listen to and accept facts over what we recognize as being an out-and-out lie. And so we've got to, first of all, recognize the difference. This is, And some of you got this years ago. Some of you are still growing up into this. Some of you are hearing this for the first time. Um, I cycle through this teaching at the foundry, um, have done so for years. And for a lot of the men and women that were you know, just new to faith, new to Jesus, new to the Word, um, they're absolutely astounded to have it explained to them that there's a difference between something that's a fact and something that's true. Because we, we think that everything is truth. And so you say, well, what is the difference? A fact is subject to change. That's why it's identified as temporal. So it can be a fact right now and appear to be true right now, but then be something entirely different tomorrow. Think of the weather. Think of how many times in one day this week it's been sunny and then rainy, and then sunny and then rainy, and then sunny and then rainy. Some of you know the Girards just got back from vacation. Man, I was praying for them. I'm like, Lord, I hope they're not having the same weather on vacation that we had here. And they didn't, thank God. Okay. So it's a fact that it was raining at 10 o'clock, but that's not a fact anymore at 1 o'clock. And I'm just trying to use that as, as an example. So even when it comes to physical symptoms or financial situations or what have you, the ability to not focus on the way it appears to be. Do you see how we're trying to bring... 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and now 2 Corinthians 4, 18. I'm trying to show you how these things are connected, how they're related, and, and how we put this into practice in our lives. So if you only look to the facts, and that's what a lot of people do, you will never see your situation any other way than the way it appears to be. And so somebody will ask you about the situation, and and you'll tell them one thing on Monday and something different on Thursday. You know, oh, okay, so it's gotten worse. You know, so again, it's because we're just simply regurgitating, repeating back to people what the facts of a situation uh, are. Okay, so if you only look to the facts as opposed to looking to the truth, you'll never see your situation any other way than it appears to be. And the significance of of this is then, this means you'll never respond to your situation any other way than it appears to be. Are you seeing this? This This is exactly how the devil makes his living. He cannot mess up our lives unless we cooperate with him. And this is how he tricks us into cooperating with him. We don't, we, we think we're on the solid foundation of facts. My friend, let me tell you something. The facts are not a solid foundation any more than I only believe what I can see. The devil loves it when people say, I only believe what I can see. If I can't see it, I don't believe it. Oh, really? When's the last time you've seen an oxygen molecule? 
I mean, that's just so, it's just so ridiculous. But see, notice it sounds, it sounds so scientific. It, it just sounds so uh, intellectual and, and grounded. My friend, are you kidding me? Things shift and change. Facts shift and change all the time. But facts, again, are how things appear to be. Faith is the ability to see beyond how things appear to be and focus in on the truth. But then, once we see how it truly is, regardless of how it appears to be, now we're responding to the situation based upon the way it truly is. Let me ask you a question. How will your situation ever change for the better if you continue to respond to it based upon the way it appears to be? Have you ever heard the expression, the, the cart before the horse? Have you ever heard the expression, the, the, the tail wagging the dog? Have you ever heard the expression, um, cause and effect? Have you ever heard the expression, root and fruit? What we're talking about here, of course, is, is one thing determining the results or the outcome or the actions of another. And, and again, this is one of the areas where the devil makes his living. If, if we only respond to the way things appear to be, Okay, let me, let me ask you a question again. How will your situation ever change for the better if you continue to respond to it based upon the way it appears to be? So notice now your response, which is the single most powerful thing God has given you control over, is how you respond, right? Think about that for a minute. You, you can't control what other people say and do, but you can control how you respond to them. You can't control what other people think and say, but you can control what you think and what you say in response to them. Every tactic the enemy uses against you is designed to manipulate your response in a way that he wants you to go. So let's go back to it. If you live your life based upon the way things appear to be, Satan can easily manipulate you because he can easily manipulate the way things appear to be. And, and so therefore, if you only respond to a situation based upon the way it appears to be, are you seeing this? How is it ever going to change? Now, the, the, the big response, I say the big, all of these are important. Love is a response. It's not an emotion, it's a response. It's a response. Jesus taught us this. He said, your Father in heaven causes His reign to fall on the just and the unjust. And so, you know, what, are, what, different, what difference are you making if you, only res, if you only say hello to people who say hello to you, right? If you only greet people who greet you, if you only do good, people, do good to people who do good to you. Notice, you're letting what other people do, what other people say, how other people respond, determine how you respond. Right? Are you seeing this? Jesus is saying that's how the world operates, We're here to do more than this. And so what does Father do? Father shows love to people who don't show it to Him yet. He is good to people who aren't good to Him. He helps people who don't even believe He exists, who denies that that, that He is even real. Let me say it another way. Aren't, Aren't you thankful that Father God doesn't respond to us based upon how we respond to Him? Because the Bible says while we were yet sinners, He died for us. So faith then is a response. It's a powerful response. Love is a response. Faith 
is a response. Faith in God is a response. Amen. Think about that now for a moment. See, we, we have too long thought of, of, of faith as trying to get God to respond to us. That's not what faith is. God has already responded to you. Faith is your response to who He is, to what He has already done, what He has already said, what He has already given to you. Amen. Also known as the truth about your situation. By his stripes you were healed. When were you healed? You were healed. I was healed when Jesus took the stripes on his back. That's when you were healed. If somebody walked to the front of this room this morning and, and, and accepted Jesus uh, and his gift of salvation and became a new creation, a born-again new creation in this room this morning, would Jesus have to jump off the throne, run back to Jerusalem and be crucified in order for that man or woman to be saved? No. Anyone who gets saved, anyone who receives salvation, is responding to what Jesus has already done for them, what he has already given to them, what he has already made available to them. See, he responded to us while we were yet sinners. Now, when a sinner responds to Jesus and receives salvation, they're responding to him based upon something he's already done for them. Amen. So let's go back to it. How will your situation ever change for the better if you can, or how will it ever, how will it ever change for the better if you continue to respond to it based upon the way it appears to be? If Satan's trying to manipulate your response, if he can't mess up your life without your cooperation, amen. So notice now, you know, you wake up tomorrow, first thing, well, you know, I believe God for healing at church yesterday. Wake up Monday morning, first thing we see is how we're feeling. Okay, I believe that I have received healing for my left knee. Are you hearing me? I believe that I have received healing for my left knee. Amen. Now, if every time it doesn't feel healed, I respond to that by saying, man, I don't know, I might need to go get some surgery on this knee. Okay, now listen, if the Lord uses doctors, I'm not, amen, they're gifts, I'm not knocking that. But the point I'm trying to make is, um, I've, I went from, <laughs> if I went five minutes without it hurting, it was a blessing, right? Now, now I'm going days. I haven't wore a brace on it in several days. Now I did, I take that back, last Saturday I cut grass all day and I did it, I felt led of the Lord to do it. Put the brace on it, you're going to be weed eating, all this other stuff. Amen. Keep it, keep it secure, it's healing. Amen. Praise God. But the, the point I'm trying to make, I, mean, I have other things that I have received healing for in, in my life, but <clears throat> I can't respond to the way it feels. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? How it appears to be. What's the truth? The truth is my knee was already healed. It was healed. Some of you looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. I'm going to ask you again, and I, this was an introduction, but it looks like it's becoming the sermon, okay? How will your situation ever change for the better if you continue to respond to it based upon the way it appears to be? How are your wayward children ever going to find their way back home to Jesus if you continue to call them heathens? I'll just break it down for you here, right? How, how, how is it ever going to turn around 
If every time you get on the phone with, 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 with uh, you know, somebody else in the hen party and tell them every rotten, sorry thing that your daughter's doing right now, calling your son an addict, well, he's an addict, he's an old addict, I don't even, I don't even can't stand to see him come around here. See, all you're doing is responding to how it appears to be. But the truth says that children are a heritage from the Lord. The truth is that all of your children are taught of the Lord. The truth is God is a mentor for your children, a teacher for your children. That's the truth. See, that's the truth. So how are we going to respond to this? If you keep responding to your situation based upon the way it appears to be, how is it ever going to change for the better? We talked a little bit last week about Abraham's significant shift. And we see this. I'll be brief here. We've covered this a lot. But Romans 4, 19, 20 and 21. It says of Abraham, by the way, who is our example, the father of all who believe, and that that father of faith, following the footsteps of the faith of Abraham. And notice we see this here. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that he had that what he had promised he was also able to perform. Let's go back to this for just a moment. Does the Bible say, let the weak man tell everybody that'll listen to him how weak he is? How about the sick man? Tell anybody who will give him some pity how sick he is. How about the poor man? Anybody who will listen to him how poor he is? Maybe, maybe they'll spare a few dollars. No. Let the weak man say I'm strong. Let the poor man say I'm rich. The weak man say I'm strong. The sick man say I'm healed. The depressed man say I'm full of joy. You say, Pastor Mark, what? That's just a bunch of silliness. No, it's not. Listen, that's mind over matter. No, it's not. It's faith over circumstances. And we're going. We're going to respond to the weakness. Amen. Why don't you let the Lord show you? And if you need some help with it, I'll be happy to. You need to craft an answer because people ask us. Do you notice people ask you all the time, "How you doing?" How you doing? I already had several people ask me this morning. And every time I was asked, I, I choked back because my first response was, I'm tired. I'm sleepy. You know. But that, no, that ain't, that's not how I'm doing. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I'm resting in Jesus this morning. Uh, one of my favorite responses to that question was one that our dear brother Hiawatha Sheffield taught me. Exceptionally well is how he would say it. Amen. Amen. I said that more than once this morning already. How you doing, Pastor Mark? Exceptionally well. Did you have a good day yesterday? Best Saturday I've had in a long time. Amen. Amen. See, think about how you're doing. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm... See, again, now that's facts. That's facts. So notice here that it says that Abraham did not consider his own body, 
already dead because he was 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. So his age, his body, and the condition of Sarah's body. The Bible says in order to be strong in faith, he had to stop considering how old he was and the condition of Sarah's body. And when he did that, he stopped wavering between the positions of doubt and unbelief. And we know that after he, with God's help, made this strategic adjustment, Isaac was conceived. Now, I have um, taught on this over the years. There's a, this was back when we did things on cassette tape. There's a whole sermon series back there called Selective Consideration. And I want to share a little more with you in the time that we have remaining about this. So wh- what does it mean? And the Holy Spirit circled me back around to this. Um, not considering, not considering. What does it mean to not consider something? Well, obviously it means something you were considering that you're not considering anymore. Maybe, it, maybe I should phrase it this way. What does it, what does it mean and what does it not mean? How about let's, let's go at it that way, all right? Because sometimes we think something means a thing that it doesn't mean at all, right? Am I right about it? All right, so stay with me here for just a moment. We, we mentioned this, I don't know, two Sundays ago. To not consider something as simply as I know how to say it means whatever that thing is becomes a non-factor. It's, it's not a factor in your response anymore. Okay, that's key because response is, is key here. It's not a factor in, in, in how you speak and act where that situation is concerned. And so we use the example of someone shopping for a new car and they narrowed it down to a Honda, a Toyota, or a Volkswagen. And we said that if you're no longer considering the Honda, see that's that word, consider, he, he no longer considered his age and the condition of Sarah's body. Those were things that he considered. In other words, every time he would, he would try to believe God for a, for a child, the consideration of how old he was and the deadness of Sarah's womb, that's a strong way of saying this, but remember she, she couldn't get pregnant in her 20s. Now she's what, 80s, 90s? And those are pretty significant facts are you here? I, mean, I mean, that's a fact. Are you, are you with me? It's a fact that he was 100 years old. It's a fact that she couldn't get pregnant in her 20s. Now she's well past the age of child, childbearing. And so every time he considered that, it, it, it was just like taking a, a five-gallon bucket of water and throwing it on his face. Just extinguished it. It's like, Okay, okay, she's got to believe God, she's got to believe God, she's got to believe God. Well, he did believe God. Look at how God was blessing him in all these other areas of his life. To say Abraham didn't believe God would, 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 would not be accurate. But it was this one thing, come on now somebody, it was this one thing in his life, right? So, initially you're considering a Honda, a Toyota, and a Volkswagen. But if you're no longer considering the Honda, 
that means it's no longer a factor in the final outcome. In other words, you are no longer looking to the Honda. Now let's build on this a little bit. No longer considering does not mean denying Hondas exist. Or pretending like you've never heard of a Honda. Or like you know nothing about a Honda or will never look at a Honda ever again, afraid to say the word Honda, or close your eyes every time a Honda drives past you in traffic. That's, that's, not, what, that's not what it means. No longer considering a Honda simply means you once considered it, but you don't anymore. Now this is, this is maybe the easiest or best way the Lord told me to, to, to communicate this. He said, tell them this. He said, tell them the Honda is no longer part of the conversation. You and your wife talk about what car you're going to get. If you're no longer considering the Honda, when you talk about the car decision now, right, it's only Toyota Volkswagen from here on out. We're not considering the Honda anymore. Okay? Now, if you're like me, you're having that conversation, you go, but man, you know, those Hondas are nice. Well, see, you're, you're, that means you're still considering it. Here's another one. Are you ready? To not consider it anymore means the Honda has no influence on the final outcome. It has nothing to do with what car you wind up driving anymore. At one point, it was a major factor, but now it is not a factor anymore. I'm not considering it anymore. See, <clears throat> we thought... I say we, some have thought, I have thought in years past, that faith meant denying a problem. No, see, that, that's back to what Honda? No Honda. I, I'm, it, it, stand with me, praise God. See, we're talking now about the difference between looking at something versus looking to it. Are you seeing this? And, and somewhere along the way, Satan has tried to um, you know, impress upon us that faith is, is fragile, it's, it's, it's flimsy, it's, it's, it's um, finicky, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like that car that you know, every third morning, for whatever reason, it doesn't want to crank on the first try, and you know, you got to pamper it, and you got to baby it. When you think faith, I want you to think shield of faith, right? And that shield was able to do what? Quench every fiery dart of the enemy. How is faith, because the enemy's, right, he's, he's, that was a cool sound effect, I think I'll do it again, no, I'm just kidding, I, he's, I like that, I have to get here when y'all aren't in here and do that some more, but anyway, amen, he's firing them, right, the, the imagery is Roman warfare, warfare, you know, first century warfare, right, where they light arrows on fire and shoot them at you, and he's comparing this to, to, to what do you, what do you think? the fiery darts of the enemy are. They're the facts. They're the facts. Just, just 
shooting them at you. And, and faith is huddled over in a corner, please. If one of those darts hit me, I'm not going to make... No. Faith is just taking every one of them. It's just quenching every one of them when it hits it. Like it might as well be landing harmlessly in the lake or an ocean somewhere. Faith isn't, isn't, doesn't flinch. Are you, it doesn't flinch. Well, you, you don't know what the blood test says. Are we going to respond to what the blood test says or are we going to respond to what Jesus said? But that doesn't mean what blood test. I'm not even ever going to have a blood test again. I'm just, no, it's not. Pretend like there's no blood test? No, that's not what it means. It just means, okay, that's what the blood test is. But that is no longer a part of the conversation. It's not a factor in the final outcome. Other than me being able to hold it up to somebody and say, this is what the blood used to say, but guess what it says now? And I know mom don't like me talking about this, but she's got quite a few of those if anybody ever liked to see them. Of what the blood used to say. And what it says now. Amen. 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 Are you getting this? Is this, is this helping you? Is you understanding this? But now listen, it's, it's not enough to say, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. We've got to go do it. We've got to go do it. And that's why I keep going back to let the Lord show you. You know, pick one. If, you, if you've got multiple situations in your life and family, finances, health, whatever, pick one. Don't be overwhelmed by several. Pick one. Find out what the truth is about that situation and start responding to that situation based upon the truth. Practice it. Practice it. It may be awkward for you at first, you know. You're used to deciding how you feel every morning before you figure out what you're going to do. Well, no, see that? Uh Uh-uh. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for helping us, Lord. Thank you for opening our hearts and eyes and minds and ears, Lord, to see and hear and understand and embrace and remember, Father, these things, Lord, that they're not just uh, subjects for a Sunday morning, Lord, for a few minutes, but, Father, these are, these are eternal truths that you are wanting to help uh, us, together with your Word and your Holy Spirit, make these significant shifts in our own lives, Father. Lord, that, that we would shift away from Responding to the way things appear to be, the facts, Lord, and shift up to that higher gear, that higher current, that higher level, that next level, Father of faith, where we see what the truth is about our situation, and that's, that's what we say, and that's how we respond, acting on faith, walking by faith experiencing, Lord, the results that faith produces in our lives, but also, Father, pleasing you in the process. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, look at me before you go. What I came here to talk about, and we'll get to it next week, okay? The Lord leads us that way. They sang about it in the beginning. It's Hebrews 12. But we make a significant shift. See, once, once we're seeing things as they truly are, the significant shift then is we pick up the pace. We go from walking by faith to running 
the race set before us. So you got to crawl before you walk, right? Well, guess what? You got to walk before you can run. And if somebody's having difficulty seeing in a room, they walk very timidly. They, they kind of feel around and hold on to stuff and all sort of stuff, right? And so you would be really foolish to take off running when you can't see, right? So the more we look to the way things truly are, the, the faster we can move into the things that God has for us. We're going to pick up the pace, amen? All right, shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Once again, two events this afternoon, um, a bridal tea for uh, Gina Winslet and um, a memorial service for Joanne Martin. Good things coming.